Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition and Live podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with another guest, Jake Thomas from Life Like Jake. I'm super excited to have you on, Jake. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm excited to be here. Jake is a super inspiring uh, marine, five times natural physique competitor, and uh, nowadays mostly a fitness and health coach but also i think uh, what you just shared so beautifully you were uh, you, you were saying you're a tr transformer of lives i absolutely love that expression <laughs> um so i'm very excited to hear more about your past and what you currently do um maybe you just want to give everyone who doesn't know you or who's not following you yet on social media uh, a little bit of a background about your story and how you got to where you are today Yeah, for certain. Uh, and, and you touched on it pretty well. I'll help with the bullet points, but I originally grew up uh, from New Orleans. My mother's actually from Mexico. So culturally grew up with a lot of decadent culinary, uh, you know, vibrancy. Food was always big in the house, but my mother put into me from a young age, the importance of whole foods and nutrition and how much nourishment we can get from natural sources. I didn't really understand at the time. And until much, much, much later, however, but still that seed was planted very early on. And then throughout my life, you know, tough times came and, and as they naturally do, but mine were a little hard within the home. So I actually ran to the military to find comfort because of what my home life was like. And so I have drawn on a lot of the experiences uh, from the Marine Corps, from being an entrepreneur, from working in multiple different career sectors, whether it be from drilling uh, fluids offshore in the Gulf of Mexico or working as a compliance officer for Ralph Lauren, going to school for fashion and then graduate school for business and starting multiple companies and kind of finding this way or a system rather. I was like, wow, if I could do this for myself and learn how to endure, figure out, improvise, adapt and overcome in life, in love, in health and in work, why couldn't I you know, offer that to other people on a larger scale? And that's exactly what I do now. That is so beautiful. And I kind of assume just by the way that you counted these, um, I'm going to call them pillars, that they're kind of the pillars that you work with um, in terms of your clients that you say, hey, this is what we're going to focus on when it comes to your physical body. This is what we're going to focus on when it comes to your mindset or your relationship and so on. Would you say that those are the, the pillars that you work with? It was that obvious? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. But I love yes. it. I'm, I'm so, a very tired person. So having those visual images is incredibly helpful for someone like me. <laughs> well, I wanted to count properly with the worldly three instead of the American three uh, for you, number one. So yeah, uh, happy, healthy, and wealthy. That's mm -hmm. what I focus on, number one, with everyone, right? And that's what life like Jake is. It's happy, healthy, and wealthy. And when I tell everyone, No matter what, no matter what you come for, whether it's for love, whether it's for money, whether it's for this or that, any type of happiness or fulfillment you're seeking, you will never feel better or look better or have more self-worth than after completing the program with me. And that's my promise and guarantee to everyone. So yes, the pillars are health, happiness, and wealth. Those are defined, however, by the individual. 
right? The terms are rather broad and vague as they are, right? What is health? Well, health can be interpreted in many different ways. What is happiness? Happiness to me is not happiness to you, or maybe we share a similarity there. And the big one, what is wealth? You know, most people attribute wealth to money, finance, et cetera. But what if wealth is the combination of all of them and just being wealthy in mind, wealthy mm -hmm. in body, spirit, you know, just wealthy within. And that way there is no monetary sense to it. You haven't labeled it with something that could maybe be almost insulting or not, you know, elevating enough to what the word really stands for. So each of those is defined by the individual. And that's why each of the programs are uniquely and specifically tailored to meet the individual's needs and goals. I love that because a lot of people, they don't even, they don't pause and um, define what success truly means to them overall. And I mean, we can, I think we can bring all these three things, the health, happiness and, and wealth together under success. You know, if someone says they have all three of that, that's probably them saying I have a successful life, but we're often so busy just going about our day-to-day -day lives and being stuck in like kind of robot mode following what whatever path someone has laid out for us. And we don't pause and think, hmm, is that actually what I think makes me happy? Like is going to university, getting this and that degree, going to make me happy maybe it might but you have probably not considered it so i like that you say i need you to define that first before we before or as we start working on that um and Absolutely. then out of, out of those three do you i assume you tackle them kind of at the same time or do you have an entry point of like let's start with your physical health and then navigate the other ones a little bit Great question. Um, so they are definitely all symbiotic, I would say, to where their relationships are one and the other. They are dependent on one another, not one or, but one and, right? Because think about the three of them. Without any one, you're going to feel the deficit of the, the latter or the, the one that's not there. You can have all the wealth in the world, but if you don't have happiness or you don't have health, mm -hmm. it seems not so wealthy. Whichever one eludes you, and maybe it's two of them, right? What if you have all the wealth, but you don't have health or happiness? They're going to elude you, and you're going to know that. Let's oh, say yeah. you have happiness, and you have your health, but you don't have wealth. It's, it's hard in the world that we live in to not think about wealth and associate it with monetary value, mm -hmm. right? Think like, I'm happy, I'm healthy, but I'm broke, and it sucks. That yeah. is, whichever is the void is always going to elude you and make you kind of want it more. So yeah, focusing on the three of them, is really a priority. And in mm -hmm. doing so, how do you go about doing that? What is the foundation you were kind of touching on? And without a doubt, it starts with nutrition. Mm -hmm. Now, nutrition, I define both physically and spiritually. The, okay. the proper amount of nutrition is what we need by what we consume, by way of what we consume. So that's sustenance, environment, and experience. Mm -hmm. But number one, in my being a firm believer in this, the single most effective thing we can do in regards to our health as human beings is controlling what we put into our mouths. And that's mm -hmm. where it starts for everybody. And that's what makes everybody kind of the same in the sense that everyone gets treated differently, but everyone gets treated the same because without that foundation of nutrition, you can't receive the information properly. You won't believe it. You won't believe in yourself. You won't think this power, this magic, this voodoo, whatever you want to call it, is real. But it's like you need to be able to receive that information clearly via the law of compensation, the law of attraction, you know, positive self-talk and manifestation, like without your being able to receive all that information, there is no work to be had after the fact. 100%. If you feel bad in your physical body, if you can't focus, you can't 
you don't sleep well and you move around just constantly thinking about, oh, I'm uncomfortable in my body, then you're not going to be able to focus as well on these other things. I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. And I'm curious if um, those kind of strategies or um, just that awareness about it all, as you mentioned, the law of attraction, manifestation and so on, is that something that you have gotten in contact with in your time with the Marines? Or is that something that you have encountered after that or even before that? I don't know. Oh, definitely after. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Because for the majority of my life, I was in the dark. I was lost. I did not believe in a lot of the things that I now project and, and emanate. And I had to kind of find them out of need myself, yeah. out of salvation in order to save my own life you know like i had to find the diets and i had to find the foods that i subscribe to and eat now in order to save my own life so it's not like i'm drawing on these things from a place of theory but i'm drawing on them from a place of practitioner like actual yeah. practitioner and by way of like crazy amounts of reps you know insane amounts of time they say it takes ten thousand, you know hours to master things and i would say there are hundreds of thousands of hours yeah. in some of these yeah. things whether it's focusing on this reading this philosophy, this theologian, this intellectual, this thought leader, this writer, this diet, this nutritional science, these dietetics. I mean, the years that I've been putting this together because it's what I needed in order to get away from drugs, in mm -hmm. order to get away from alcohol, in order to get away from bad habits, pleasurable company that I did not need. Basically things that I thought I needed in life, consumers, hyper materialistic consumerism, things that I thought I needed to make me feel good, but which were actually just making me feel less wholesome and pushing me away from the present and further out into the anxiety of the future that did not exist or the regret of the past. So I was basically taking one kind of addictive behavioral pattern, you could say, and just shifting its focus into another place, a place that had compounding interests and a place that paid for and a place that was worth cultivating for personal growth and development, essentially. So each one of these things, again, was me really finding resources and value that helped save my own life and as that continued to grow and grow and grow and the better and better that i felt i felt people start coming towards me coming into my life and this is where i really started to learn about the law of attraction the law of compensation and and that mental positivity of like the energy that we project is the energy that we will reflect and then understanding that as a man as me as i became right my world started to become right and as I started to acquire the things that I admired rather than envy them or hate them or look, I started to become them or I started to attract them. And I, the more I did this, the more I saw the causal relationships of X plus Y equals Z. And as I was right, the world around me became right. And the more that I became right, the more the world around me became right, because that is the way it is. The world is not as we perceive it to be. The world is actually as we are. So it is a reflection of ourselves back upon us. And that's what I try to impress now to so many other people. That's that's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing a little bit more about your your background in terms of treating or basically trading one addiction or difficult time for another. And sometimes it's a little bit of maybe numbing or if we don't want to um, deal with the thing that the things that are that we should be dealing with, that we should work through it first because it's uncomfortable of course um i truly do think though that uh, oftentimes or more often than not the best coaches are the ones that have gone through whatever it is that you're 
wanting to help people with themselves because they can relate better. They can, um, they, they, you, you simply have more empathy for the other people as well. And, you know, of course, what has worked for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to work for your clients, but you have oh, tried yeah. many different things and you can guide them in the right direction simply by asking, often simply by asking the right questions. So I truly, truly think that that is a, a huge strength that you've had all this hardship in the past, probably. Um, and still, I'm sure still, though, that some of the time in uh, that you had in the Marines was formative for you in the sense of perhaps your some of the mindset coaching, or maybe even in the sense of what you definitely don't want to be doing now. <laughs> Is there anything uh, that maybe comes to mind? Absolutely. Um, and again, good points as, as far as empathy. I did not know it at the time, but the more things that I experienced, or rather, the more things that I endured, mm-hmm. the more feathers that were getting put in my proverbial cap to be able to relate to others and to be able to help others, essentially, because of that relationship. Because again, if you're a theorist, it's great for your knowledge and yourself. But if you haven't actually practiced in the field or performed right in the game, it's hard for you to relate to, to other players and to former players and to people that are maybe thinking about you know going off into that sport or that that uh, that set or whatever. So theory is great, but in my opinion, it needs practice. It needs performance. You need to be able to draw from that as, as a well of experience. So luckily for me. By default, all of that became uh, places for me to dwell from exactly that. And that is why when I started getting into nutritional coaching, I was subjecting myself to various diets for a minimum of one year, right? Wow. So that was a commitment. <laughs> again, back to that uh, thing of, of default, I was very fortunate. And again, not knowing at the time, but it was all foreshadowing to be very mercurial as far as an adaptive with girlfriends where I was dating a vegetarian for, for a long time, years ago, like 10 years ago. And sure, I'll try that. Little by little, you know, I'm eating more vegetarian-like like her. And then before you know it, like I'm basically a vegetarian. I was like, all right, like I'll just, I'll keep to this for a while. And it keeps the house civil. It keeps our meals, you know, more bonding and, and collective and whatnot. And to me, it was a learning experience. I've always been curious. So I didn't mind it. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. So, you know, you're a vegetarian. And then I did it another girl uh, later that was a vegan. And same thing, kind of towed my way into that. Like, I'll try a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And then before you know it, I'm meeting that way. In 14 months, I did that. And so for each one of those, I was gaining more knowledge. But for me, it was really just fun. It was the adventure, again, the curiosity. I didn't know it or see it as knowledge or, you know, able to be used for value until later on when I started coaching. And then going into bodybuilding as a vegan, you know, going into bodybuilding as a plant-based bodybuilder and then doing these as a carnivore or as, you know, standard American eater or a bro diet or if it fits your macros and all these things. And then being able to, again, after the fact, coach people on all those because I could empathize with you and say, I understand your needs nutritionally as a vegan. I understand the sourcing of macros as a vegetarian can be hard, so you need to do this. And yeah, if you're doing a bro-style diet, how to fit macros, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that still came from the sequential order of things that I wasn't necessarily focusing on them at the time as like, oh, this is going to be something I'm going to draw from later. You know, it was just natural. It was totally organic. It was life. And it was me following my own God-given innate intuition and curiosity, like childhood curiosity. Mm-hmm. And why having the curiosity of a child is one of my core values 
Because if there's one thing I would say that could keep us all there and to you speaking about asking people questions, my God, just be curious. Be curious of the world, be enamored by the world, be wondered and all enamored by the world because that's what the world is. You know, without all the people, the world would be what? Monochromatic and, and kind of boring. So be entertained by others. And that's why I say like have that curiosity of a child. So to your question about asking questions, I think it's the greatest thing you could ever do with anyone is just, just ask more about them. Plus Absolutely. most people love their favorite talking point is to talk about themselves. So it kind of naturally works out. <laughs> Very, very true. And it's actually funny that you mentioned those points, because, of course, before we were speaking, I did a little bit of Instagram stalking and um, research into you. And uh, so uh, one of the things I saw uh, recently that you did was a dry fast for I don't remember how long, but I'm anyway, still I'm still doing it. <laughs> if you, oh, can, hear my, it. If you can hear my lip, my lips cracking like every uh, few words. <laughs> That is very impressive. I, I just wanted to say from that, that when I saw that and some other things, I immediately get the intuition that that you're someone who likes to experiment with different things. I just did not expect you to say that I've tried this and that diet for 14 months. I mean, that's a very long commitment. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, so, the, the, dry, the dry fast is, is, is interesting. And I'm at like 60... 65 hours right now i think so i feel good physically uh i feel good mentally like my my confidence and, and conviction to do this is great um energy was definitely down a little this morning um normally i would walk or ride my bike to to the gym just you know, a mile or two away and the pedals were like really heavy today and i didn't <laughs> do any physical training i just did an incline walk on the treadmill but i definitely feel like output is is, is down but mentally i feel good mental clarity is is crystalline right mm -hmm. now, which is amazing. Obviously, I would love to have something to drink and and talking a bit is is you know, it is what it is. But uh, it's funny. I was a little self conscious before the podcast, thinking like, oh god, am I going to be crackling my voice the whole time while I'm talking because of the the lack of water? But no, it's yeah, curiosity was the was the driver or the attraction for it. And the physical benefits are totally byproducts from whether it's mm -hmm. for a diet. A, even a workout regimen because of what can be gained emotionally and intellectually and spiritually really mm -hmm. because this is the depth of cleansing and healing the true way to cleanse and heal the body is through what we can find and do in life and the number one thing i mean imagine again single most effective thing we can do in regards to our health as human beings is controlling what we put into our mouths cancer can be cured with fasting especially with dry fasting tumors can be be ridden of um multiple sclerosis I've, I've read about you know the als right like autoimmune diseases pretty much put them all on the list but be it the um, psoriasis eczema you know skin diseases like anything superficial adhd you know depression anxiety the way that things can be removed from the body without any external stimuli medication especially prescription or otherwise you know ssris and ndris because the body is the greatest healer and machine in the world it's the most adaptive it's the most malleable it's also the most fragile mm -hmm. but when treated properly when nourished properly is the key word it does its own thing so the current diet for example that i want being the lion diet so within the animal-based world you have animal-based, the outermost ring, or the biggest macro sense, carnivore, 
and then lime. So animal-based would be, you know, the majority of your your calories, calories come from animals and animal byproducts. So the denominator must have majority of calories from animals and animal byproducts. The numerator can be whatever you like. Whole foods would, I would say, would be preferred. I wouldn't eat, you know, great food for the denominator and then have garbage in the numerator. But essentially, if you're eating 2,000 calories a day, 1,001 would be from animals or animal byproducts and the other 999 would be from whatever you like. So that would be animal-based. Within that is carnivore. Carnivore is strictly animals and animal byproducts. So if it flies, walks, breathes, swims, crawls, you know, essentially you can uh, eat that and anything from that. So dairy and, and whatnot as well. But within that sphere is lion. And lion would be just the ruminant animals only. So polygastrics, multiple stomach, cow, bison, sheep, and goat, salt and water. And that's it. Wow. So it's, it's a much tighter circle, of course, and some seemingly more limited. But again, the provision of what that gives you is extremely high because the nutrient density of all the items that you're consuming, or rather the few items you're consuming are essentially 100 out of 100 in their bioavailability, meaning every bit of what is consumed is able to be used by the body. There's, there's minimal to zero discard, which is just like breast milk with an infant. Why do infants, why do mammals produce breast milk? Because it's a single source of sustenance, providing the maximum amount of nutrients with the least amount of discard and the least amount of duress on the body. Why? Because our little baby is trying to develop and grow. We can't stress its body. You know, it needs the perfect formula to be able to grow and develop without stressing. And so by doing these types of elimination diets, whether it be animal-based and then into carnivore and into lion, to me, I see the lion diet as the most one-to-one -one comparison to breast milk, to where I'm working on my own personal growth and development from within. I'm trying to heal and cleanse from within. So what would be the best sustenance to do that with? What would be the maximum utilitarian sustenance to be able to draw from to where there's no lacks of X, Y, Z or no drops in energy because I had caffeine or sugar or these other types of withdrawals because I know I'm going to catch some, some heat with this, but how can I best prepare for some type of either a fast, wet or dry with having the best nutrients on board? And it's for sure been for me lying. So 60, like I said, five hours into this and you know, we'll see where it goes. It's open-ended right now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's impressive. I was going to ask how long or what your target is, but I, I definitely think if you are someone who likes, I actually really like um, organ meat as well, like liver and oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. If you're someone who's like that, then, um, I mean, there's quite the variety and I think there are, they are really like organ meat can be super, super tasty. So anyway, for oh, anyone yeah. else, listening <laughs> give it a try <laughs> don't dismiss it too quickly yeah or yeah exactly don't knock it until you try it folks i was definitely a, a skeptic as well and, and back to the diets before i went from being a vegan to a carnivore mm -hmm. let me say that very clearly i went from being a vegan to a carnivore i had just finished my last season in the natural bodybuilding world championships i did really well um, I did this because people are like, you're not going to be able to place high as a vegan. Well, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to show you otherwise. And I had several wins that season in 2019. And one of which was a, a third place overall in the world championships for natural bodybuilding as a vegan. And people are like, you're not going to be able to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to show you I can. So there was a little bit of spite with that. But when I finished that season, just a couple of months later, a friend of mine who was not healthy in any way, 
we were close friends, great friends, partners in the military and roommates and squad mates and everything. Best friends suggested I try this carnivore diet. And I was like, dude, get the F out of here. Like, uh, excuse me, I'm the professional athlete and I'm the one with the trophies and the cabinet and the medals around my neck. Like, who are you to tell me about nutritional science and dietetics that I should try? I was like, maybe you should try, <laughs> you know, like I'm pretty good here. And he kept insisting and I was like, fine, you know what? I have enough humility and curiosity to look into this. So I started reading, I started watching, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool. All right, we, this vegan thing gave it a good run, 14 months. Like it's a long enough for me to say I did my 12 months of it and I can draw from the experience of the data size. Sure, let's try it. In no way did I have the emotional remorse or regret of like, oh, I'm giving this up because you know the animal issues and this and that, and what's my stance on that? That was never what it was about for me. It was never about protectionism or a thwarted misconception of, of what humans needed and otherwise i was just like i said curious and interested to try for, for various other reasons so it was never political or emotional and the same thing to this one i was just like yeah okay i, I read about it this seems logical let's give it a try and then you know that was uh over three years ago now so i'm kind of on a long run with this <laughs> He's like, no, I think it's super cool that, uh, again, that you have gone through all these different things, and yet you seem to be incredibly open-minded when it comes to what approach you choose with your clients or slash which approach your clients choose and you navigate them through. Um, I think that is the very best way as opposed to be being dogmatic. I mean, like everyone needs to be doing this just because I'm curious, <laughs> because the reality is for a lot of people, it's not, it, it wouldn't be super sustainable probably if they don't have the internal conviction of following a certain um, age or lifestyle in, in general. Um, I do want to backpedal a little bit to your your pillars from earlier. So when someone comes to you and you start working with them, for me, it's, it's it's I have a reasonably clear image in terms of what you want to achieve with them in the physical realm and potentially also, you know, teach them more about wealth management or, or whatever. But do you find it ever uh, difficult to get people to open up to doing the work when it comes to the relationship things or the the spiritual things because i could imagine a lot of people they find you and they say hey i want a six pack like you and i want to feel amazing um get me there kind of thing and they don't necessarily think right away i need to do a lot of internal work to be actually happy and healthy <laughs> is that your statement one one thousand one million infinity infinity percentile When I first started coaching people in New York, it's in like 2017, uh, and first kind of developed the model and I was still working through it really. And um, I found that, you know, only on two, one occasion, once, yeah, did someone ever come to me and say, hey, Jake, I need you to help me get stronger because I need to do it for this reason. He was a construction worker and he wasn't the biggest guy and he needed more strength to be able to swing a sledgehammer and hold on to a jackhammer. And I was like, yeah, dude, totally. Let's get you strong and powerful. And like for those reasons, I was like, this is cool. Like I've worked with athletes, athletes before, you know, runners, football players, soccer players, et cetera, to get them stronger to play in their games and their sports. But this was different. This was for the first time, someone that was a professional that needed it for utility to operate machinery and equipment. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. 
you know, to think like this guy's literally saying, help me get stronger so that I can swing a sledgehammer and bust concrete better. I was like, and this is cool. So that whole program was was fun for me because it was like a me really putting on my science hat and, and like tinkering with this guy like a like a super experiment. It was a little my little petri dish and it was awesome. He got jacked and super strong. But most people when they come and they say, hey, help like you listed, help me get a six pack, help me get a butt, help me get arms, help me do this, shed belly fat. From years ago, I was like, I don't do that. And people would say, well, aren't you in my back of my mind? I'm like, I am what I know I am. I'm not what you think you're defining me as, number one. So I didn't want to be like the other conveyor belt um, dependency model personnel that were saying, yeah, just come on in. We'll get you working and we'll start working on the exterior and we'll grip it and rip it. No, 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 no. because I know that's all superficial. I know that's all temporary. I know that's not getting to the root cause of what really makes you tick or what's really the underlying issue going on with you. And I don't want to do that because I've stood on stages ripped and shredded and, and looking like the specimen of health alongside other people who are considered to be the healthiest people on earth, right? Like, because they're on the covers of nutrition magazines and they're sponsored by these companies and et cetera, et cetera. Yet backstage I'm with them and they're talking about, I can't wait for the competition to be over. I'm going to go get blasted, you know, drinking. I can't wait for the competition to be over. I'm going to go do this whole bag of cocaine. I can't wait for the competition to get over and eat all these cakes. And I was like, this is bullshit. You know, like we're literally standing up there to where the audience and the people that see us on TV and social media and et cetera are thinking, wow, these guys and gals are so healthy. They're in such great shape. Like, of course, she is on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Of course, he is on the cover of Men's Journal or there in that workout video and all this stuff because you represent a community and the assumed representation you stand for is health, but it was BS. So much of it was BS. Now, of course, there are healthy competitors in these sports, but many of them are not. And that did not sit well with me. So I said, from the very beginning, when I started doing this professionally, which wasn't really a choice, it just kind of happened, that I was like, I'm gonna do it my way. And my way is gonna be very contrarian to the model because essentially it's not gonna be a sustainably or rather a, a generator. It's, you know, that's what, you know, if a company tried to value, you know, value me or evaluate me, they would say, no, that's not good. That doesn't generate revenue sustainably because it dissuades the, the mass consumption populace, meaning most people just want to come and say, get me ripped, get me jacked, get me shredded. They don't want to work on the interior. They don't want to do the deep introspective work like you're touching on. So yes, a thousand percent agree with you. The hardest thing for most people to come to terms with is, what you think you want is help me look better. That's number one. And by helping me look better, I'm going to feel better, be stronger, and be healthier. It's the exact opposite. I'm going to help you become healthier, number one. And when you become healthier, you're going to feel better. And when you become healthier and feel better, you're going to be stronger and move better. And when you become healthier, feel better, be stronger, and move better. Guess what inevitably else happens? You look better. Whereas if you try to do these other ones in that round, just because you look great and look good doesn't mean you're going to feel good, move well, be healthier, be stronger. But if you do this in the opposite way, you come to become healthier, to feel better, move better, be stronger. It's guaranteed you're going to look better. But people don't want that. They want the pill. They want the silver bullet. And I've been against that since day one. And I'm going to stand firm on that uh, till, till the end because I know the quality 
that it generates to the consumer more than anything. The quality, and I will throw in there as well, that they will, will most likely not um, sustain that, not stay healthy. You know that I'm achieving my six pack for whatever external reasons, just because I think this and that person is going to like me after that or because of that. And then that might not happen. Or even if that happens, you're, you haven't built the life around it in order to maintain that you you're as you say the, the the driver the core you know if you have a beautiful apple and the core is rotten it's still not gonna last anyway so yes absolutely i i think that that is incredibly brave also especially in that industry to stand up against that and say i'm gonna do it my way a different way and even if that means initially i lose i don't know 90 customers or whatever the right people will come to me and again back to the law of attraction and so on right like at least that means you get to work with your soulmate tribe with the people that that actually vibe with the content that you're putting out um, and the uh, the message that you want to bring across and so i think that's absolutely amazing um but yeah none, nonetheless when they come then uh what's your first what's your first do you say straight away hey we are also going to work on that internal stuff that you might not think is important at first maybe or does everyone who comes to you nowadays already know right um i need to work on all the pillars of my life if i want to follow um, your method great question so to the uh, the 90 it's more like 99 <laughs> to where it's the one percent that mm -hmm. i'm homing for and i say that there's a, a an old from an old um a classic i think it was uh, about achilles talking about a, on the battlefield, there's was a hundred warriors. 90 of them were going to be slain because they, they're just ghosts walking through a path. 10 of them are actual fighters, but of the 10, nine are solid, but there's only one true warrior. And I said from the beginning, I was like, I'm looking for one. I'm looking for that 1% who's looking to make their lives exponentially different because they believe in it. They know it's there and they, they believe in the process and something greater than themselves. So those one percenters that come, yeah, whether it's been, you know, let's say a hundred people over the last few years total, every one of them, to your point about, uh, does it change them? They change forever. Mm. It's a life-changing experience for them, right? Mm. To where they don't just, yeah, I got ripped and then they got blown out of shape a few months. They're, they're changed. They're unplugged. Uh, you know, they, they swallowed the red pill. They can't spit it back out. There it is the matrix. There is no going back. Mm. And I advise kind of everyone about that. I was like, look, you may hate me later because you'll say, I can't unsee what you've shown me or what you've helped me see rather. I can't go back to this way of thinking because of what you've helped me unlock which was always there inside me. And again, I don't teach anything. This is kind of the, the paradox of the whole thing. I just help you remove blocks to see it all within yourself. You know, like we all have this innate understanding and ability of how to fly. But we forget how through life, through circumstance, stress, obligation, etc. I just help people remember how to do that. So with my programs, I have two, two programs. One being tier one, the largest, the ones, the most intimate with myself and with you uh, towards the most focused on personal growth and development. And then my tier two is strictly for nutrition and exercise coaching. 
So the tier one clients, absolutely. They know what is ahead of them, the work that's going to be required of them, the commitments, the time, you know, the habits, the buildings, the, the habitual amounts of like, wow, this is really, really deep introspective work on myself to where I know, you know, I came here because I've got massive depression of which I've been taking Xanax for the last 30 years, every single day. One of my clients who, again, he's 39 years old. Uh, he and I grew up together. He has been prescribed to Xanax for depression and anxiety since he was a, an adolescent, maybe like 10 years old, something crazy early in his life, I believe before 12. But he, before our, our work, had been taking a pill every single day and night for 30 years, three zero years, every single day and night. Without He's mm -hmm. been with me now for roughly five months and he hasn't taken a pill in over three and a half months. No doctors, no medication, Beautiful. you know and how what he's eating now is it the food that's doing that no again back to the the nourishment his body is doing that his mind is doing that the food is just is keeping him at homeostasis the right the most optimal homeostasis in order for his body to self-cleanse and to heal from within so whether it's him removing his, his need for prescription drugs my other addicts or former addicts of either alcohol sex gambling um or drugs themselves kicking all of their other rx's or otc's no longer needed whether it's the people that had psoriasis and eczema and, and again autoimmune issues no longer taking their required medications the, the high blood pressures the diabetics no more insulin again with no external conventional medicine helping us or them but them being able to realize all this with their minds because of their bodies being fed properly to maintain this state of homeostasis that's incredible now for the tier twos it's much more about their exercise and their nutrition but just by finding what real nourishment feels like mm -hmm. and what that does for them to their minds where it's not even me having to really get into that with them oh my god if i can feel this good just from how he's helped me understand my eating needs and requirements how that correlates to how I just feel as a human being. The exercise is a byproduct. You know, like I almost tell them, like, here's your plan. Here's the program, follow this. But like, I know the 95% of the benefit is really coming from the diet. You know, we, let's say we train an hour a day, every day. What about the other 23 hours? You're not making it in the gym. You know, I don't care who you are. The other 23 hours are far more important. How you're living, how you're sleeping, how you're believing, how you're feeling, and certainly what you're eating. So yeah. once they realize the power of that and the simplicity of that, most of my tier two clients come into tier one. Many of them after just like 30 days, like, wow, if I'm able to do this with this, like, I kind of want to step up to the varsity and see what can happen from there, you know? Of course, I can imagine once you once you get the the initial motivation going from the, seeing the results and feeling the results more importantly. And I, I do want to just go back to one point that you mentioned again, um, in the sense of you have everything you need to quote unquote heal yourself or to to um, improve yourself within you from a physical perspective. Uh, I, I I've never put it that way or never seen it that clearly that way. So thank you for laying it out that way. I am a firm believer that um, we don't, as a in general, in general, we don't take enough time to do that with our minds. So I always try to encourage people to seek out more stillness, more 
quiet time, more being alone, less being plugged in and so on, because I think the same applies to our mind when it comes to you secretly have a lot of answers within you. You just don't want to or don't take the time to listen to things. Um, but it's it's beautiful to put that picture transferred over to the body as well, because it is so true. We have also in terms of intuition, I think it's been um, maybe receiving a negative um, image lately, just because when people listen to their intuition nowadays, they are often stressed, they have highly palatable foods around, so they intuitively eat, quote unquote, and of course, overeat on all these kind of things, because their body wants that. <laughs> but deep down, if we relearn to listen to some of our physical cues, I think our body is incredibly smart and can teach us a lot. And so is our mind, of course. That's... Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you said that because the body is the greatest, most perfect and unbiased communicator in the world. Mm. Period. Period. Full stop. 99.9% .9 of human beings were born perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything about us is a living miracle. Any issues we may have, especially internally at the cellular level, for the most part is, is is a circuit that's closed that should be open or it's a circuit that's open that should be closed and that's usually through a nutrient deficiency or, or an abundance of an old and can almost always be fixed with diet which is amazing that's why again the autoimmune diseases that go away als multiple sclerosis um, autism you know mitochondrial disease like how adhd how these things go away because of the diet is again affirming that that point it's a circuit at the cellular level that is open that should be closed, or it's a circuit at the cellular level that is closed that should be open. So as far as in the body being the communicator, hey, Lisa, it's cold outside. You don't have a jacket on. I'm going to send you some goosebumps and make the hair stand up in your arms so that you kind of take the hint because you're not listening to us. So here's, here's the goosebumps like, hey, Lisa, we're cold. And you go, okay, got it. We're cold. And you put some clothes on. Thank you, body. You communicated it too. But if you don't, Lisa, goosebumps, hair standing up. Okay, I'm not going to put anything on. Okay, Lisa, if you don't do this, you're going to start losing sensation in your fingertips pretty soon and in your toes. I'm still not doing it. Okay, Lisa, if you don't listen to me, you're going to start getting hypoxic in your brain and you're going to start losing a little bit of blood pressure. Your pulse is going to drop and you're starting to get lightheaded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, hypothermia, you know, frostbite, whatever. Death. I told you. This is the body speaking. I told you, but you chose not to listen to me. Same thing. Hey, Lisa, it's hot outside. We're sweating. Can you give us some hydration? It's kind of funny talking about hydration right now. <laughs> um, can you give us some water, please? And you don't listen. Eventually, dehydration, heat, stroke, exhaustion, death, the same symptoms. But the body told you. It's the same thing with everything else in life. When your gut is clean, when your intuition is clean, was they trust your gut? Don't trust a bad gut. Trust a good gut, though. You know, I remember years ago, I was at my, my family's place in Mexico and uh, the mountains of Michoacan. And uh, my aunt is having a glass of red wine and she says, oh, it's so good. But yeah, you know, every time I drink red wine, I instantly get a headache. And my my uncle from the uh, the opposite, uh, another room in the house, he's like, well, then you shouldn't drink red wine. And I'm like, that's a really good point. But she's like, oh, that's so good, you know. But right there, saying that. And it's the mm -hmm. same thing with so many other things in our life. I hang out with this person, I don't feel well. I hang out with this person, I always feel good. 
I go to this place. I love it. I go to this place. I hate it. I eat these things. I love them. And man, they love me back. They make me feel great. I eat these things. They're great in the mouth and on the tongue and on the palate and in the mind, but they immediately made me feel like shit today, tomorrow, the next day I get depressed. What do you think that is? That's not chance. That's not coincidence. That is causal. That is X plus Y equals Z. But we don't listen to that because we've been deadened those senses, that intuition, that gut has been so putrid because of the impurities that have come into it that it's just too polluted to be able to see clearly. And yeah, to your point, trust in a bad gut can be can be a tough thing, especially in today's world. Because where does that intuition go? Where does that take you? Back to the, the consumption of highly palatable foods. Well, for the last few weeks when I started, or rather I should say month now, uh, me coming into the lion diet, it took me three go, three tries, three attempts to really get into it. I started um, February 1st with a, a several days fast to kind of lead up into it. And, and I made it like 12 days in February of, of strict lion diet. And then I broke on Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not in the mood for this. I want to eat some pizza and, you know, have a, have a cookie and some ice cream. So I broke. And then the next day I get back on the horse and I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Now we're, now we're ready. We got it out of our system. Let's go. I made it a week and then I broke again. And then now I've, I've got today is a day 23 and I'm much more committed. I, I put some systems in place to, to realize where I was feeling, what I was struggling with. And that's the, the thing about systems and goals is that we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the strengths of our systems. I had underestimated this adversary, so to speak, and like was really tough for me, even though I've done multiple months of like long runs of being a carnivore or just one meal a day carnivore or you know long hundred hour fasts and stuff like that this was tough because it's like wow this is the total removal of carbohydrates sugar and diversity essentially from the body because now only consuming ruminant animal meat salt and water Whew, it's it's a very few things so for these last 23 days what i really started to use was what i call priming repairing mm -hmm. meaning before we really get into this comfortably and more sustainably, use as much as you need calorically to keep down the cravings, to suppress temptation and to just maintain adherence to the diet. So there were days where I was consuming for sure 5,000, likely 6,000, maybe up to 7,000 calories where I was just packing it in, packing it in. And that's within the first 21 days. And within those first 21 days, I would say half of those days were like that, where I ate over 5,000 calories. And from day one to day 21, I only had a, a change of 1.2 pounds of body weight. Mm -hmm. With, like I said, at least 10 days of 60 to maybe 7,000 calories. Try doing that on processed foods. Oh, I think doing yeah. that on highly palatable food, seeing how, see how much weight you will put on, right? Like we have because, 30 pounds for sure. Oh so. my God. Like even in using um, my, my calculators, right. For like macronutrient uh, dis distribution and, and, and expenditure. It's like, yeah, your probability within five weeks at this rate is you, your weight will be 190. You know, at the time I was like 170 when I started of 170 pounds and it says, okay, if you keep eating this way for five weeks, at the end of five weeks, you'll roughly be 192.5 pounds on those big days. And like, here I am like 171.2 before I started the, uh, the, uh, the dry fast and I'm already down like 15 pounds. 
Wow. <laughs> in 60 hours, yeah, which is wow. hilarious. But but yeah, it's amazing. I, when you eat right, what happens? I want to underline one word that you said there um, in terms of your priming, and that was um, to increase the adherence. And like to anyone who's listening, I think we need to make that the, the bottom line of any change that you want to uh, accomplish. Adherence always needs to be the goal and therefore I don't, I'm not going to say whatever it takes but kind of in the sense of putting your systems into place putting like priming yourself in whatever that might look like for you and for, for example when it comes to exercise it could just be putting your shoes out or going out for a small walk or just showing up at the gym and doing some stretching and then building up to that I think that that was a, a really really great um, example uh that you shared there in the sense of quote-unquote failing two times but then developing the right systems that were working for you but i really want to respect your time i feel like we could keep talking for <laughs> for a long amount of time and we didn't even directly touch the things that i thought we were talking about more in the sense of bikini comp or not bikini sorry but, but body really <laughs> I actually think this was much, much better. So thank you so much for your time. And everybody, if you are not following Jake yet, his Instagram handle is lifelikejake. So please go and check it out. Same name for the website as well. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and um, I, I'm wondering if you might have alongside with all these amazing takeaways you've already given the listeners, but if you might have like one life advice or sentence you want to send people away with oh for sure um you know back to the curiosity right and uh in my core values about having the curiosity of a child because literally the world is a stage full of performers and without those performers it would be a lonely place and don't get me wrong isolation is a great thing if there's three things that all the greatest thought leaders intellectuals Stoics and theologians have used throughout history, thousands of years, to elevate their consciousness, to find enlightenment, to speak to God, so to speak. It's been extended treks, prolonged fasting, and isolation. So I encourage people, it doesn't mean you have to go walk through the desert or do these things or sit in a hole or a cave. But to your point about in, inner time, quiet time within yourself, being curious of the world is one thing. But be curious of yourself. Be fascinated by who you are, by what you are, by just being a human being. The amazing opportunity you have of life and what each day can provide you in that sense. If you go about each day with that kind of appreciation and gratitude, the world is a much more eventful and kind of entertaining place. Because again, without our performers, what would it be? Because it takes all the people to make a world. So just be curious. Beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you, Lisa. It's a blast. I appreciate the time today. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.